Healthy Living Tuesdays with Ronald Abergee. And hey, hey, good afternoon to you, Ronald. Are you good? How apt was this song compared to the topic you were speaking about previously? Very impressive. What, the streets? Yes, mm-hmm. that you live in. No. Or oh, oh, do whatever. <laughs> exactly. I was looking for that word and another one came jumping, uh, which is not kosher for radio, of course. 23 minutes after four. Now, Ronald, research shows that uh, the nutritional supplements, we spoke about this sometime uh, last week or so, uh, supplements industry is not appropriately regulated and claims that are made on products may not always be accurate. That's a, a, a scary thought, uh, to put it mildly. Now, most of these products are developed and manufactured, one would think, according to uh, scientific formulas and are apparently scientifically tested as well and researched. You know, when it comes to anything that you put into your body, um, supplementation included, because that industry has ballooned in the last couple of years. I mean, I, I don't joke. There's mm-hmm. one of the companies that's South African born, not even 15 years ago, that's turning over a billion rand a year. Wow. wow. So you do the math on the industry. Mm. The supplementation mm. industry mm. internationally is valued at over 350 billion rand. And that is just a guesstimate. Mm-hmm. So you find that with the regulation associated with it, South Africa is not regulating the supplement industry as well as what they're regulating the medical industry. Mm-hmm. And that's where the discrepancy lies in because then what do you have? You have carte blanche and what you can put in, not put in, what you can claim and what people are actually purchasing because they buy into the marketing message mm-hmm. more than what the product actually entails. Mm. So what's the cause of that? How, how do we get back and align it, as you say, regulated, the same as we do the medicines? We need to go the scientific route and, mm. and plug into one is the scientific side of it and structure the scientific research where it's not financially incentivized or driven. Because that's what happens. It's commercial studies that get done. If I fund you as a supplement group, you're going to favor my product, utilize my product better than other products. But if you're independent as a research organization, company or scientific house or university, you stand in better stead as an independent authority Mm -hmm. to place your stamp of approval on particular products. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is we need to regulate the consumer market and the marketing and the media and promotions around it. Because you can't just go out there and claim... Metabolic booster, fat burner, uh, protein shake, this shake, pulse powders and potions or oils now that I've seen today. Um, you need to go the route of regulating the consumerism around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what different countries have done, especially in Australia and the UK. So many supplement brands have actually been kicked out because they don't meet these stringent scientific and consumerism um, mandates. But it's a very dodgy terrain because just this morning, I'll, I'll, I'll have you know, as you know, many South Africans woke up to uh, some of those mis- uh, misleading messages, whether it's fat burn quickly or food, whatever <laughs> it may be. Those products are on, on telly. Therefore, sounding the alarm that maybe, you know, those who are supposed to do the job aren't really doing their job. You know, it's everywhere. And the reason is because it's, again, it's all about money. Yep. But when you look at certain science of it, you ask yourself, what products actually work? And should athletes only be taking product or is it for the general population? Mm-hmm. So a research study in America was done whereby they looked at elite college athletes and found that certain products did work for them. They did the same study and the same supplements with high school students and mm-hmm. found that it didn't work. Because like many dietitian, nutritionists and medical practitioners say, you can get the same quality in the food that you eat versus supplementing it. And mm-hmm. also it's a lot cheaper. But, but I suppose the real test is one uh, would look to the, to the athletes. The big story uh, today, Maria Sharapova. Uh, now globally, up to 88% of athletes uh, use supplements. And this is just athletes. Do these work 
Uh, clearly not, if the, the joke is anything to go by. <laughs> Maria Sharapova, after using the substance for 10 years, couldn't beat uh, Serena. Serena Williams. Mm. You cannot beat a genetic beast. Yeah. It's in the blood there, it's, you know. But when you look at elite athletes, yes, it does. Because elite athletes are are literally trained in a very particular way, in a different way. The science around this training and the eating is so stringent that even the calorie input is equated to a calorie output to the milligram mm-hmm. or microgram. So athletes like Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, the way he may in, although he might endorse particular supplement groups, he's eating the right stuff. Mm-hmm. And that is where the difference comes in because then supplements do play a role for those elite athletes. However, when you take things that you shouldn't be taken, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's a tough balancing act, uh, nonetheless. And uh, here, here's, here's the crux of it. Uh, what needs to be done? And would you advise, uh, Ronald Afiji, the use of supplements? If so, how does one choose the right supplements then to use? You know, supplements have a role to play. And many people take supplements because their friends are taking it because they believe a marketing message around it. My philosophy is one of, if it is scientifically research-based mm-hmm. for the last 10 to 15 years, then you can talk to me. Until that point, I want to hear nothing about it. Because at the end of the day, you're creating expensive urine. Yeah. Well, I'll go back to Maria. <laughs> 10 years and it didn't quite work. It didn't quite work, you know. Yeah. And, and, and the sad thing is that at the end of the day is to what point are you willing to push yourself? to excel and exceed and achieve body goals rather than just putting in the hard work to achieve it. Mm-hmm. Our health fact of the week? It's linked into what we're chatting about yeah. on uh, Maria Sharapova in that the drug that she was taking was known is known as meldonium. Mm-hmm. And there's a medical purpose of meldonium. The medical purpose, it's a metabolic modulator mm-hmm. to assist in cardiovascular conditions. Yep. So what that means is that it assists in your blood flow, eases the blood flow throughout the body so the heart doesn't have to pump that much, etc. But from an athlete perspective, the reason she took it, and well, maybe didn't work for her, is that it's got a positive effect on endurance and aerobic capacity, which mm-hmm. means that in a longer tennis match, you she technically have longer. more energy, you last longer. So you'll, t- in inverted commas, the viewer will think you're fitter than your opponent. Mm-hmm. But in her instance, clearly she was uh, pull powdering and potioning her way through it. Yeah, pills and potions don't quite deliver all <laughs> the time. All right, Ronald, uh, nice to see you. We'll see you again next Healthy Living Tuesday on the Drive Time Experience. Most definitely. See you yeah. then.